0: Hey guys, Evan from Gym Aware. We're really happy to be supporting Coach D'Mayor's podcast series once again. For those that don't know, our main product is Gym Aware. It's the gold standard for measuring performance and implementing velocity-based training in the weight room. It excels in busy team training environments, and for many coaches, it's the Swiss Army knife of their toolkit. The Gym Aware is used for athlete profiling, jump testing, fatigue monitoring, and for lifting within velocity zones. The system provides real-time feedback on individual targets, plus it's got an impressive range of leaderboards. Now, for those that are after a VBT device that's affordable, for the individual and for smaller groups, we recently released our new laser-based product, Flex. Importantly, it's been independently validated and proven to be both accurate and reliable. So if you're interested in either product, or you want to learn more about the velocity-based training and how it can help you as a coach, Check out our website or contact us directly. So in the meantime, we trust you enjoy the Coach DeMeyer's podcast, Outside the Rack.
1: The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some fantastic practitioners that are always searching for more. But more what? What are strength and conditioning coaches searching for to better their ability to prepare their athletes? Well, what about cutting edge information? Or a place where you can find different opinions from forward-thinking coaches on what you're doing, how you're doing, and try to get feedback to be better for your athletes? Or what about a place where you'll find like-minded coaches that can provide solid coaching advice and career development for you as you progress through your career as a strength and conditioning professional? Well, this is exactly why we built the Strength Coach Network. You'll have access to exclusive monthly content on top of the sensationally active forum that we have where you can communicate with coaches all over the world to find those answers that you're looking for to help you be a better practitioner for your athletes. So make sure you hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com CVASPS. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com C-V-A-S-P-S and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. What's up everybody and welcome to the 70th episode of Outside the Rack brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of Gym Aware. In this show we're just going to try to dive a little deeper into the minds of the top practitioners of the world of sport performance to learn a little bit more about who they actually are and how they got to where they are today. Today we are joined by the strength and conditioning coach at Sienega High School, Steve Schwein. Schwein, man great to see you brother. Thanks for being with us.
2: Hey, thanks for letting me come back on and, and chop it up with you and talk a little bit about what we do out here in the desert. It's, a, it's an honor to be on once but twice. Man, I might be doing something right.
1: Yeah, brother. I'm, I'm stoked to catch up. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad things are, are good out there. But before we get too far into this, man, who is Steve Schween?
2: Who is Steve Schween? Man, that's, a, that's an intriguing question within itself. I've got, the, I've got the weirdest strength coach journey to get to where I am, and it kind of kind of rolls into some of what, what we do, but, uh, you know, I'm a former, former New Yorker like yourself, a SUNY system guy, you know, I had the honor of playing football up at Brockport and then, uh, you know, wasn't the best of students. So I was lucky to get into college. I actually had to do a summer program to get into Brockport. So then I could not play football my freshman year and then come back. But, um, you know, my parents were deciding they were going to retire. So they were like, well, we're going to move out to Arizona. I said, man, all right, I've never been there, I'll do it. So I came out here, no, you know, no job, no nothing, never even stepped foot in the state, but I like, like to wear shorts and play golf and I don't like snow, so I figured it'd be a good idea. So you know, I moved out here and we, uh, we, they, we start school in July. So when I moved at the beginning of July, I'm like, no problem, I'll get a teaching degree, teaching a job right away, because I had a degree in health science and physical education dual certified, it'd be real easy we're starting school in two weeks. So I actually took a job teaching gymnastics to four through 12 year olds. I'd previously done that in New York, gymnastics and swimming to four through 12 year olds. And, uh, you know, I'm a big bearded, balded, tattooed guy. So that's kind of weird what worked out. So I, I transferred out here and got the, um, got a job with the little gym doing gymnastics and personal training and trying to sub and it wasn't working out. So I, you know, searched out all the, you know, this is the weirdest way to find a job. If anybody ever wants to do this, I checked max preps to find out what high schools were good at football. So then I started calling different schools and the one I actually wanted to, cause it was in the community I was moving to. I called up and talked to the head coach and he just hired me. Cause I said, I would show up. He didn't even care that I had coached or not. You know, Neiman Assey, good guy, got me a lot of things, but I had gone to him. I'm like, Hey, I, I don't think I can coach anymore. I'm not getting any sub jobs. I'm driving 30 miles to do one personal training session a day. And So he got me a long-term sub job teaching business, math, and economics, which is I just talked about that today with my boss. She didn't know that I had previously done that. So we rolled into that, and then they knew I, they needed to expand their health classes. So I had gotten a, a part-time health job. I was only teaching three classes, but it was better than nothing. It was better than business math. And so at that point in time, I was coaching um, football, wrestling, and baseball. I was doing all sorts of stuff in the summer and in intercessions, just trying to find a way to make sure they couldn't fire me, that I was needed around the campus. You know, the whole time, you know, I'm lifting and wanting to get into this. And I, I call up Nate Harvey one day and I'm like, hey, you know, I want to get into what you're doing. He goes, I don't think you really want to do that. So, you know, he just kind of researched it and kept in touch with him and, Ed Jaskolsky and Justice Gallagher, you know, my mentors and guys I lean on. So just kept building myself into what I wanted to learn with that. But I really, I, I didn't want to teach health anymore. It's not that fun. You got to do a one semester class. So it's twice a year talking about STDs and suicide. It's tough to do a lot. And I had gotten into technology a little bit teaching. So I was teaching teachers how to use technology in their classroom. So one of our middle school's offered me a job it's called site tech technology coordinator so i would run the whole school's infrastructure here's a guy who's coaching football with a health degree uh doing antennas on roofs and wiring network switches and then uh, so then nemer our coach at the time he he um he was becoming he was assistant principal he's going to become the principal so he's bringing over pat nugent from you know these are two guys are southern arizona legends so he's going to bring him on in to become the next head football coach. And Pat and I had talked for years. He knew what my love and my passion was and what I wanted to do. So while I was still at the other job, he started letting me program for the football players. So I was writing the program for him, giving him input on that. And then, so the, the strength guy that was here, he was moving, he got another job and he was gonna move. So they'd given the opportunity Pat gave me the opportunity to come on over because I was about two minutes away from going to work at Raytheon because I didn't want to work in a middle school. Nothing wrong with middle schools, but middle school and me don't get along too well. So he had the opportunity to bring me on in and, you know, we just grew from there. And what we, what started as a very small little program, you know, we had a general weights class and the athletes classes. And I was part general weights, parts athletes, and just changed it to, you know, we were, a recognized program here in Arizona and obviously people see what we're doing around the country and um, the one thing that's been really good to me actually was the, the NHS SCA I'm just gonna they uh, really helped me get connections and learn I became the first Arizona state director here so that helped me reach out to the coaches in our state and get us going and I just want to give them a lot of credit because those guys are awesome and I don't feel like you know, shouldn't sit here and name everybody, but a lot of them have been really good to me. Actually, the opportunity they voted me in the last last couple of weeks is the uh, Region 3 Rocky Mountain Regional Board Member for the NHS SCA. So I love these guys in Arizona, and they're helping me build my program, their program, and, and the states around us. So that's a little bit long-winded about where I am and how I got here, but it's all right.
1: Nah, dude, it's freaking awesome. And, yeah, you do have a unique path, but I think that – especially that last part is really important. I don't think that the guys who put that together, you know, rich and all those and everybody involved get enough credit because they really are building a tremendous organization that's supporting a lot of people that are really making those of us in the college level. Uh, our job's a lot easier, man.
2: Yeah. You know, I, it's cool. Cause I, I love when I, I get calls from kids all the time and like, coach I was the most prepared kid to get college and I tell them all the time like our our number one goal is one to build you up as a person we we spend a lot of time working trying to work on their character I read to them things like that but we want to get them where they need to be and prepared and if they choose to go to college for athletics they're going to be prepared for it if they want to go into the military they're going to be prepared for it and so it's really big and and that's really what we love is it's not just having them here it's building them so they're prepared so you guys when you get them I want my kid to walk into your room and you're going to call him like, sweet that, that kid knows what he's doing and that kid has that feeling I, I we sent a girl down to um, Ole Miss this year for softball so her first day in the weight room she's she texting me later on she's like oh my god coach I was the only one allowed to put weight on the bar you know that I love it it's
1: great. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's something I've prided myself with with the the swim club I get to work with is when they come back and be like, yeah, man, that's right. Like, there was like one or two things that they told us that we didn't do. But I mean, yeah, I knew everything we were doing. Like, I agree. That's it. But listen, man, as a guy who's unique path, to say the least, is one that probably no one else has had or may ever have again I'm excited to hear this. If you wouldn't mind, brother, describe a learning situation that brought about an epiphany in your career. So I,
2: I don't know if it's, I think the the learning situation epiphany are one in itself. And so when I got the job, you know, I was, I'm, like I said, you know, I'm bald bearded tattooed. I, I tell my kids two things happen really fast. I get really angry. And I get really excited, and they're both really loud. And so, I, you know, when I step foot in the door, I was, you know, I had coached defensive line for years, 10 years, you know. You get on those guys a little bit differently. Now I'm in there, and I'm like, all right, I got cross-country kids. I got swimmers, softball. Like, so my first couple months, it's like, okay, these kids are going to do what I tell them to do because I'm going to yell at them. And they're going to do it because I'm angry and I'm big and mean. And then it's like a couple a couple months in that, I'm like, that's not how this works. This really isn't how it works. And so for me, I had to change who I was as a coach because I was a football coach. Now I'm a strength coach dealing with everybody. So I had to learn to be vulnerable. I had to open up. And I tell kids all the time, I said, one of the things that you, I'm always going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you what you need to know. I'm going to be honest, whether you like it or not. But I'm going to tell you about me, too. When I screw up, I'm going to tell you that I'm in the wrong. not going to be one of those adults that says, no, you heard that wrong or no, this, that. It's on me. So I had to change to let them know in a different way that I care. And that, you know, I'm here because I love you. My job is to serve you, not for me to tell you what to do because I think it's right. What is right for you? So it opened up this whole different thing. You know, like I said, I read to the kids. I never thought I'd sit in front of 18 year old kids and read to them about character or to tell them personal stories about me. You know, one of the things is my wife has us travel and I come back and I tell them about cultures. Never, I thought it was, I got to come in and this is how you deadlift. This is how you squat. This number needs to be there. And it's not, it's about developing that whole person. And, and that was like the big changes. Me dealing with a different spectrum of athletes changed who I was as a person. I hope – I tell them all the time, like, I, I think I've grown more than them throughout this. Like, it's totally different. But, you know, again, you got to show them in different ways. I still yell. them. Don't get me wrong. They still know when I'm mad. But then we're going to hug after it's over. And I think, you know, sometimes I, I yell a little bit and I get after them really hard. Where this day and age, you kind of can't as much. But I think I can because they know when it's done, it's in their best interest and that I care about them and we're going to hug it out afterwards if we need to.
1: Having that baseline is really important and them understanding you is what really sets it, man. Especially with younger kids. It's weird like that. Like the longer I've been in this, it's like even more and more going that way. Even because I see it even more with the younger kids, like the high school swimmers and the college kids, it, it, it just, it keeps coming up. It's just like what you see down here, eventually three, three years is going to be up there. So.
2: Yeah. They gotta, you know, and I don't know, I talked about this the other, somewhere along the lines, I don't know where that generational thing changed. Whereas, you know, in Austin, the high school, you feel like it's sometimes you're wrong. The kid can't be wrong, but you're always wrong. And somewhere that kind of changed. And, that's why I always tell the kids, I'm going to get fired one day for the way I behave. But then again, like you said, it's just, they, they know. They know nothing is personal. They know that we're here for their best interest. They know that everything I do is for them. And it, it, they may not like it at first, but then it grows on them. They understand that, hey, let's figure out this system together. Let's figure out how we need to behave together to get where you need to be. And then it becomes fun. Like they earn it. Like I tell the kids all that when they come in as the youngins and they're in the beginning class, like they have to earn the right to speak. And I don't know if that's the right thing to say to a kid, but because they got to understand the system because we're in a dangerous thing and we have to have everything work. So, you know, like you said, that baseline, it's all about getting that baseline and then showing them because same thing, like yesterday class, you know, we're teaching them, cueing them through the power clean, going through different technique drills and, they were, you know, nobody wanted to reset and everybody wanted to be in there. You know, I tell them, get out of 2020 gamer vision. So they're all got the shoulders back and I'm yelling at them. And then two seconds later, I do a drill in the rack for elbow drive. And they get this elbow through the ceiling. I'm screaming at them, telling them how beautiful it is. You know, because I just go all over the place. But you can do that when you show them. You can't just be the guy who just yells at people or talks down to them all the time. You have to have the care with everything you do.
1: You can't just be the guy who yells at people, no doubt. No doubt. But listen, man, we talked about the second one a little bit before. And I think that as someone, an upstate New Yorker, a SUNY product, who then just is like, I'm going to go all the way to the other side of the country. And I'm going to try like three or four different jobs in order to make my way into what I really want to be, which is the strength coach for the football team that I researched out here. You're a dude that's not afraid to take chances and a dude who's not afraid to ask questions. So with that, if, if if you could ask one question and you know you're going to get the answer to it, what would that be and why?
2: You know, I've been thinking about this for days. For days. And, and I got so many different ones I want to ask in so many different spectrums. So I don't even know which one. it would. If I could only count it down to one, I think if this was, we were doing this last year, I think I would have had a different one. But I think right now, just because of what we're doing, I wanna know when this ends. When, when can I hang out with people? When can my family see each other? When can we not have a mask on? When can we stop hating each other? When can everything kind of find a way to bring it back because this isn't normal and I don't like the term the new normal because normal is me and you hanging out, barbecuing some burgers, not having to sit in my department meeting in different rooms on a screen, not my parents can't visit my sister and see their grandkids. That's what I wanna know. Is it gonna happen? or are we going to stay like this and why can't we figure out how to get along a little bit better because we're in a bad situation and we've always had hatred it's always been there but i feel like it's gotten so much worse when we've been under this so think that i want to know when when can we get something a little bit normal back there's a whole lot of other questions but i think that's the one that i ponder the most these days cuz i don't think there's an answer cuz there is no answer right now, and that's why I want to ask it because everything you read or hear is different daily about what's right, what's wrong, why this happened, why that didn't happen, and I want that answer. Can you give me that answer, Coach?
1: Dude, I wish. I, I hope it ends tomorrow so that we can have this season and I don't have to worry about all this other garbage. We can just play ball, man, but shoot. it's. That's a great question. That's not the direction I thought. That's a great question. That's awesome. I,
2: I had a bunch going in, and but oh, the, you know, sure. just talk, I actually asked a buddy. I was like, "Hey, if you let me ask you this, what would you say?" ponder this. He couldn't come back with anything. Meanwhile, I got like ten different things in my head, but that's it. It really is. It's it's, you know, like I might like it's. I was telling you earlier. My wife just got a job here at the school, and I had to go get her out of the parking lot. She didn't know where she was going. Walking next to my wife with a mask on. You know, I got to go to the grocery store. Well, you know, it's just, it's just not, it's not normal. I get what we got to do, and, and I just want it to end. And will it ever end? Will we ever be normal? You know, the economy is different. Schooling is different. Colleges are in a different position. Like, are we ever going to put fans back in? Am I, are you ever going to see 100
1: people sitting in the Rose Bowl again? You know? It's wild, man. It is wild. But listen, dude, with all this crazy and everything going on and, you know, coaching and this and that, eventually Steve needs his time when he can come back to neutral. So what's your escape, bud? It
2: was. So you, you'd expect me to say lifting, but it's not because that's what gets me up in the morning. That's that's my morning. That's not the escape. I actually got three things I, I that are pretty much the go-to. And um, one, one is reading love to sit down and read. I always read multiple books at once for different genres and stuff. It's so like right now I'm reading originals, how Nonconformists change the world. And I'm also reading uh, a biography on Thomas Edison. So there's always two to three books. So they're different. You know, one's always like a, a science or a leadership type of thing. And one's more of like a biography about a leader, about somebody who changed the world. So I always like to read about those types of people as well. And then, so that's the go-to to to get to the couch. But uh, I I love to cook. I do a lot of cooking. I do like 90% of the cooking in my house. I love to try different things. Let me hang out and cook something up in the kitchen. I'm down. I'm relaxed. I'm enjoying my time. Then, um, yeah, I love to cook. I I must have like 50 cookbooks. It's kind of crazy. And then the third one is why I want to know about the second question you asked me is travel. I wasn't the biggest traveler until I met my wife, and she has – we travel the world. I think now she's got me clocked at, like, 32 countries or something like that. And so
1: – No way, dude. That's rad.
2: Yeah. I mean, we um, – you know, so right before our – we hit kind of lockdown around here, we were scheduled to go to Sicily, Malta, and Tunisia. So the week before that was happening is when Rome really got hit, and we were supposed to fly into Rome. So she within a week, within a week, this lady, she got all that stuff canceled and booked us to go to Bogota and Cartagena, Colombia, because there were no cases. There was nothing down in South America. So this is like the beginning of March. But then it went crazy when we were there. I mean, the year before, we were in Egypt and Israel. We've been to Vietnam, Romania, Bulgaria. I love, you, there's two reasons why I love to travel is, is one, to eat. I mean, oh, my God. Some of the countries have some of the greatest food ever. If you like seafood, if you're a seafood person, find your way to Cartagena someday. Vietnam, Vietnam nothing can match up to that. Um, we took a cruise around the Baltic Sea, but the other thing is is cultures. Uh, you get to learn about the cultures. And I come home, that's I said, I come home and talk to my kids about how wrong we are and certain things that we do. When I, you know, I'm over in Asia or Europe, I, people are not sitting on their phones at the same table together. They're having conversation and they're together. And so seeing the world and, and eating through the world is, is really good. So that's kind of something we definitely really want to get back to. I mean, we didn't get to go see her family still up in, in Geneva. So we didn't get to go see them and, you know, just travel, cooking, reading the things that make me happy.
1: I love the fact that more and more coaches are talking about travel and cooking. Uh,
2: Yeah, and the great thing is, like, I'll go to a country and eat their cuisine and then buy a book on it and learn how to cook it. I mean, I've always liked to cook. You know, I didn't live too far from the culinary institute. I thought about that going there, but I'm like, nah, I'm going to go play college football.
1: But nah, man, that's that's awesome. But listen, brother, as always, great to chop it up great to see you stoked you're doing well man and i'm truly grateful for your time thanks so much for spending the time with us today
2: man again anytime i'll come hang out with you guys anytime
1: yo man hopefully you can come travel over here to va and hang out for a bit soon man hopefully something happens and this thing all blows away but you know until no doubt man the door's always open Awesome. Always open, but appreciate you, brother. As always, great to see you, man. And we'll be in touch real soon. Cheers! Thank you.